I sort of felt like the less I worked, the more I would continue being passionate about my work. Please share, we can do better. I don't believe in the rigid 9 to 5, 40 hour work week. Life is short and people spend way too much of it working. You deserve more time to do the things that light you up so you can show up in the world as the best version of yourself. The Pretty Sure We Can Do Better podcast will explore all the ways you can create more freedom and flexibility in your life so you will feel less stressed and more empowered to make a difference in the world. The world needs you to be happier. The world needs you to feel more fulfilled. The world needs you to smile more, and I know we can get you there. Each week, we will hear from people who are doing this well. We will gain insights into how they are creating the life they've always wanted. I'm your host, Angie Cazares, and together, I'm pretty sure we can do better. Welcome back to Pretty Sure We Can Do Better. This week, we're talking to speech pathologist Kelly Davis, and I would say that the theme of this podcast episode is be brave and things will start to align for you. You'll hear about it in the episode, but Kelly was a little bit afraid of leaving her position that she loved so much. She loved so many aspects about it, and she didn't think she was going to be able to find that working anywhere else or for anyone else or anywhere else in the city. But she just had to be brave and take that step and things started to align for her. It's almost like when you are in a relationship. Have you ever been in a relationship where, you know, maybe you, somebody broke up with you and you get so sad because you're like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to find anybody who's as thoughtful as he was, or I'm never going to find anybody who was, is as quirky and funny as he was in this way, or she was in that way. And then a few months go by, you heal from that. And then you find like somebody who's even more quirky and even more special ways. You know, that's how this is. That's kind of how it aligned for Kelly. And that's how you just have to trust your intuition and give yourself what you need and trust that things are going to align for you. So yeah, I'm excited for you to hear her story. She's great and has so much positive energy. Here she is. Kelly Davis, how are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks I'm excited for to be here. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to have you on. Kelly and I, everybody, have been friends for years and years and years. Met salsa dancing. The story I'm of our did. friendship is literally, I saw Kelly dancing. And it was just like love at first sight from across the room in a friendship way. I saw her dancing and I was just like, oh, I have to go talk to this girl. She looks so amazing and nice. And she just was like exuding all of this positive energy into the world. And I, how did I even do it? Did I, did I literally come up to you and be like, I just feel like I need to be your friend or something like that dorky? I think so. It was, it, I mean, it's kind of funny because you're not the only one who said this about me. I yeah. mean, story of my life, right? Like, <laughs> I saw you dancing and I fell in love with you. That's true. It has happened more than once. (laughs) It has, but um, I do think it was sort of like, and I think you said it in such a way that it just made sense to me because I feel like we're the same. I probably felt the same way. I think you were kind of like, I think we need to be friends. And I I was like, I I think so too. (laughs) Yeah. Or like, I have a friend crush on you or something. Yes. Yes. You have said that. And it is, I do find that it is fun that both of us have gotten married out of the local Indianapolis 
salsa scene. Yes. That's where we met our men. That dancing. is true. So that's true. Maybe I know nothing about like side hustles and achieving your dreams, but if any of your listeners want to, um, get married with a salsa dancer. <laughs> it is possible. It does happen. Episode for you. We are Ladies proof. And gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I do want to get into your actual work uh, life situation. So Sounds tell good. us a little bit about your career and what you do and kind of what your day and life structure looks like. Okay. So I am a speech pathologist, and for any curious listeners, a speech pathologist is the same thing as if you ever hear speech language pathologist or speech therapist, they are all the same thing. They're Mm -hmm. interchangeable. So I'm a speech therapist, and I have been doing that for almost 14 years now, And, and I love doing it. I... So I went to graduate school and got my master's in speech um, at Ball State. I'm from Wisconsin originally, moved to Indiana for a boy, mm-hmm. ended up, ending up, you know, that didn't last very long at all, but I ended mm-hmm. up getting my master's degree out of it. Um, and I, in my master's program, had an externship at St. Vincent Hospital, which is a popular local hospital here in Indianapolis. I got hired on from that externship and actually stayed there my, almost my entire career. Yeah. And so, yeah, straight from being a student, got hired on and just kept, um, kept at it with the same organization for my whole career. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But that's not what I do now. I am still a speech therapist, but I made a change in 2020. Um, So for almost, 11 months now, I've yeah. been doing speech therapy through, I'm an independent contractor now through Indiana First Steps, which is the state's early intervention therapy program. And then in addition to that, I made myself an LLC. So I am also seeing some private speech therapy clients on the side, all kids, all pediatrics. You guys are like magicians, you speech yes. pathologists. You have a speech pathologist in your life. Is I your... do. We just yeah. graduated. We just oh, graduated good. from it. But yeah, so first steps, like Kelly was saying, is for what? Newborn through thir- three. three years old? Three years old. Um, yeah, yeah. so three. my my youngest son uh, was seeing a speech therapist through her program. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just amazing to see what you guys can do with the little ones. It's so cool. So yay. Thank you for doing it. You are welcome. If anyone, if, if there's anything to be learned about me on this episode, I am an amazing dancer and a magician. Yes. A magician (laughs) of words and mouth movement. Right. (laughs) Right. It's really cool though. I, I personally feel like just in seeing the process, I are learning more about speech pathology. It was something growing up that I never was like, Oh, you know, I just didn't know much about or really even thought about existing. But looking back, I'm like, I could see myself having been really interested in that had I known about it sooner in my, you know, education. So I totally know what you mean. Yeah. Because when I was in college in central Wisconsin, I did not know that that job existed. Yeah. So So what was your undergrad? 
Yeah, so in undergrad, I started out, um, I mean, I just remember in high school taking one of those career, you know, tests mm -hmm. or whatever. And really, I just knew that I wanted a job about talking. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I like talking, I don't mind public speaking. Um, and so I ended up getting initially an undergrad degree, not a degree. My, I started off my major in interpersonal communications. Okay. Um, and then as I continued to do that, take classes for it, it started to seem more like business communications and human relations and that sort of thing. And I wasn't sure if I really liked the direction that that was going. Mm -hmm. And just the job that I had at the time, I worked with someone who was what was called a comm disc major. And I'm like, what's this comm disc? What does this stand for? And it's um, communication disorders. Mm. And so I switched my major uh, to communication disorders, um, which includes speech pathology and audiology. So okay. hearing stuff. So I did end up, it took a, me a little bit more time in undergrad, um, but I did end up getting a degree in communication disorders, which is in preparation for the master's in speech pathology. Okay. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm, glad I they I'm glad that you caught it right in time. Just in time. <laughs> yeah, That's great. So what, uh, so did you, have you always, when you were working at St. Vincent, did, were, were you full-time? Good question. So it's funny because I love the intro to your, to your podcast where it talks about like, I'm not a firm believer in the, the nine, yeah. nine to five. 40 hour work week. And I'm like, Oh yes, I feel that in my soul. Yes. When I think about, like I said, I was at St. Vincent for 13 years and I started working part-time maybe like probably like five years into it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that was, I mean, it wasn't because I became a mom. It wasn't, it wasn't for any other reason aside from that feeling that I was like, I really, I don't want to spend my entire week just working. Yeah. And it was almost kind of like, you know, I sort of felt like the less I worked, the more I would continue being passionate about my work. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? You get this sense where it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to resent this more if I have to be here every day of the All week the time, for, yeah. for the whole day. And so it felt more sustainable to me to continue enjoying and loving my career and having a passion for it if I was doing it less. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I went part-time and then did end up having two kids. Um, but keep kept at it at St. Vincent for mm -hmm. quite a while as a mom. So when you were thinking about transitioning to part-time, I mean, yeah. You, so did you just kind of think like, okay, what do I have to adjust here budget wise for myself or what went into, it's like you realized, yeah, this isn't sustainable for me. I'm going to get burnt out. So what other, what else did you have to adjust in that moment? Uh, I think, I feel like finances was probably the main thing. It was mm -hmm. just sort of like, well, what do I value more? Do I value being able to live in a big fancy house and have fancy things? Or do I value 
being able to have more flexibility and time to travel, time to, I don't know, time mm -hmm. to fill in the blank. Yeah. <laughs> time. Time seemed to me like more of a valuable resource than, than money. Right. And so I know not everyone feels that way, but to me, yeah. And it yeah. was, I will say too, that, um, to be perfectly honest, my decision to go part-time was kind of paired with getting married. I probably would have still done it as a single person, but then when I, you know, when I paired my resources with someone else, um, it seemed like an easier decision to make. Now I will say my husband has gone through a couple of st uh, stints of unemployment. So it wasn't like he was really like rolling in the dough or anything like that. It was one of those things that, you know, we still had to kind of deal with, with some of the fallout of that, but mm -hmm. we made it work, you know, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, that was going to be my question was, I didn't know when you, when you went part-time, if it was before you were married or not. Uh, so what did the conversation look like between you two about like, Hey, I, I think I need to do this part-time thing. How do you feel about it? Was he on board from the get-go? So I will say that Joshua Davis is my number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He is, he has been a huge support of any sort of decision that I have wanted to make um, since the day that I met him really, you know, even before we were buried. And so, you know, I just get the sense that he's really invested in my happiness. Yeah. That probably makes his life a little bit easier <laughs> right. if I'm happy. But also, I mean, because I feel like he genuinely loves me and believes in me and we are, I feel like we are a true team. And so it, I don't have any, especially just switching to part-time, I don't have any recollection of that being a difficult conversation. And I would say, you know, fast forward eight years mm -hmm. later to when yeah. I finally made a switch from a part-time position, but still kind of in the corporate or healthcare world to a more, you know, independent, autonomous role mm -hmm. in speech therapy, that he was probably my biggest push, you know? Okay, cool. He was, yeah, and I think he, when I finally, you know, took the dive and decided to leave St. Vincent, he probably was like, oh my gosh, that was like, you know, six yeah. years, six years coming. Like he was mm -hmm. just waiting for me to be brave enough to make the move. So, so let's talk about that a little bit. So what, what did make you want to, to step out and become more of an independent contractor? Cause you were already working part-time, right? Correct. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, I would say that making the switch to part-time certainly made my role at St. Vincent sustainable for me for a number of years. Mm -hmm. um, what I did at St. Vincent was really special and it still is, I have very fond memories of it and it is really special to me. I gained a lot of expertise there and learned a lot of things that I would not have been able to do anywhere else. Well, there's maybe one place locally um, and that's Riley Children's mm -hmm. Hospital that I would be able to learn the same things, but exact same work setting, right? Yeah. Um, I guess 
just to back up for anybody who doesn't know a whole lot about speech therapy, when you go to school for speech therapy, I mean, the sky's the limit in terms of what you could do. You could do kids, you could do adults, you could work on someone's voicing, you work on swallowing, you can work with people who have strokes, you can work with um, kids who have feeding disorders. And so during my time at St. Vincent, because I was there for a long time and had a lot of unique opportunities um, working with different doctors and things like that, I had built a um, just a passion and, and a niche in the field that I really was afraid to let go of or walk away from, okay. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So got to do some pretty cool things, x-ray swallow studies, working with feeding babies in the, in the NICU. And then my, my main professional passion and baby is that I got to work with kids um, with cleft lip and palate. And so that is, that continues to be a professional passion of mine. Cool. And even as a side note, you know, got to do some travel with that uh, to Ecuador, traveled with a medical mission and did speech therapy with a surgery team specific to cleft palate. So, That's so all cool. of this stuff, yeah, all this stuff that I really love and really became my identity that for many years, I, because I loved those components, I, I'm finally getting to the answer of your question. You're good. Um, <laughs> I am in. I am okay, like, you're in. You're I'm, sitting, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat right now. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Good. It's a good story. Okay, <laughs> good. Thumbs up. So um, all of those things really became part of my professional identity and personal identity. So then the things that make the job hard, I kept kind of pushing to the side. Like, I just don't think I would like it anywhere else. So some of those things are, you know, when you work for a large corporation, you know, finances are always the bottom line. And so anyone that works in the rehab or therapy world, like OT, PT, speech, just knows this increasing pressure to be productive. Mm. So you could be, um, you could be fantastic with your kids and your families, but if you don't hit a certain percentage of productivity and productive hours in your day, that's what you're, um, that's kind of what you're judged on when it comes gotcha. down to it, you know, and you could have wonderful managers, but those managers are still being managed by other managers higher up that are telling them how to do their job. And so you've always got, you know, it's, it's micromanagement to a T. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when you develop a professional passion and an expertise in something, but then you always have components that are telling you what to do and, you know, always making you feel, and not any sort of person made you feel this way, but that, that pressure mm -hmm. and that number is making you feel like you're actually not as good as you feel like you are. It's yeah, that's so tiring. And so, yeah, those were the things, you know, and then the schedule, of course, you know, like, so you worked part-time, but they still told you when you had to get, be there and in that. Yes. Kind of yeah. 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 Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I got to, you know, I got to, I had a little bit of say, uh, you know, when did I go part-time? That was probably, like I said, um, you know, five years in, not many changes were able to be made since that time. So for the yeah. last eight years of my career working part-time, there really wasn't much wiggle room, you know, in terms of 
well, you still work until, you know, six or six thirty PM on a weekday. Mm-hmm. And so when you consider your son getting older and, and gonna be in school, then it's like, oh yeah. Really want to work that late on a weekday? Probably not, you know. Right, right. So this is really interesting because for a lot of people, it's just like they may maybe we're just like, oh, I, I don't I don't really feel passion for what I do. I don't really like what I do. And so that's why I feel this need to step away from it or be free to do the things that I, I want to explore and love. And it was kind of opposite for you where you loved, like you were saying, your expertise and the things you were learning. It was just more kind of the environment and the work culture and things like that, that you wanted to, to step away from. So that's exactly right. It was, and, and I also have to say, I loved my coworkers Mm -hmm. and that, you know, when you think about what you had to sacrifice, that is one of the things that I've missed the most in the past year. The team that I worked with, the other therapists were incredible. I yeah. love them. And, and probably the last year or two, I stayed just for them because I would, I felt like I would miss them. And I loved the families that I worked with, the doctors that I worked with. It's like, wow, what a unique experience. And, and so for me, like I said, I just ignored all of those things because I kept believing, and I don't know if it was a lie, but the fear that I was believing was, okay, you want to continue to be a speech therapist. We don't want to just like throw that down the toilet because I do love that, right? And I don't want to, you know, I want to preserve that career or at least that role. But I was, the lie or the the fear that I was believing was, I will not, I I won't like any other type of speech therapy. You know, like I knew I didn't want to work in a school because that doesn't really help a ton with, you know, having a set schedule and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I knew I, that I didn't want to, you know, go work in nursing homes, um, in long-term care, anything like that. So I just kept telling myself, there's nowhere else in the city you would be able to do the things that you love to do. Well, over time, it mm-hmm. was like the things that I love to do, it just was overshadowed by the things that were hard about it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense for sure. Took a long time though. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's always a tipping point, right? Yes, that is right. Yeah. So, so now with first steps, uh, do you get to completely control your schedule? They just send you sort of like, here's somebody that needs you, but you set it up. How does all that work? Yeah. So that's pretty much exactly how it works. So in the state of Indiana, and I don't even know, there's a handful in, um, like Indianapolis and Marion County, so our local area, there are a number of agencies that you can work for. I think some of the agencies you can work as a full or part-time employee. Uh, so I knew that I did not want to do that. Um, okay. Yeah. Because then I'm just, you know, switching that, you know, I'm just shifting that problem from one environment to a, another. Mm-hmm. So I found an agency that um, only takes independent contractors. And that's exactly right. So I work under the agency. When a family needs services, they rank the agencies that they want to try out. And then the owner of the agency, if there's a, a child who needs speech therapy, that's kind of in my general area, like my general travel area. Um, and she kind of knows a little bit of what my schedule, what I want my schedule to look like. So she reaches out to me and says, Hey, I've got this kid. Here's the info. And then I have total autonomy and freedom to say, you know what? 
I, I can't take it on right now. Or yeah, that sounds great. I would love to do that. I'd love to help them. And there is such a freedom in being able to just say, you know, I'm sorry, that one's not going to work out for me because mm. there's a team of other providers that I know will, someone will pick up the child. Never this feeling of like, oh my goodness, you know, if you don't do this, no one will, you know. Right, right. Because I fall victim to those sorts of things. You know, if I know that someone is in desperate need, I'm going to do it even if it goes beyond the boundaries that I had set for myself. Oh, yeah. Have you done that before? (laughs) Well, I do. Yeah. I mean, I have an example right now where I'm kind of, you know, I'm already doing it a little bit, but there's a, a family that I'm working with that is outside of our county um, that I actually knew from my work at St. Vincent and I just care so deeply about them. And so I'm going to, even though they're far away, I'm going to, I'm going to see them a little bit more than what I said I would, but still that's my choice to make. No one's asking me or making me do that. I have the freedom to, to, you know, to do that. So that's so cool. Yeah. And then the, you know, so that gives me I could just do that, but I also thought that it would be fun to, you know, pursue a, a, the private practice side of things. So right now I just had, have a, a friend and colleague of, you know, 12 years or so that did this before me and she kind of paved the way. And so I learned from her just kind of how to set myself up in terms of documentation liability insurance, you know, et cetera, et cetera, so that I could start taking my own private clients. Right now they're paying out of pocket. And so that's actually a relatively, you know, lucrative way to, to basically work less for more money. So. Yeah. And good for you for finding somebody who paved the way and asking questions and getting help. That's what I say to do all the time. Find somebody that you see, okay, yeah, they're living this lifestyle I want and just go after it and, and see how they did it. Ask questions, meet with yep. them. Totally. Yeah. That's very, so cool. very grateful to her. Yeah. And it wasn't even like I looked at because she actually has more of a drive to have her own private practice, you know, brick and mortar building and all that stuff. What I saw and what she had was, wow, flexibility working, you know, working fewer hours and with more independence and, and able to make the same amount of money that I was working. So, you know, from a budget wise and and financial standpoint, it was a lateral shift for me. So I literally was, you know, I am working less and making the same amount of money, um, which I just didn't realize. I was like, wait a second. (laughs) I didn't even know that could be an option. I will say I'm driving a whole lot more because I'm commuting to family's homes. But oh my gosh, when I, you know, was at St. Vincent and just seeing appointment after appointment and always on and stuff, I kept saying like, I just want a job where I can listen to music and sit by myself and listen to a podcast. And now that's kind of built in, you know, because I got my drive time where I can have some downtime with just me, me and my van. We're good. Yeah. The Odyssey. We're just traveling around Marion and Hamilton counties having a great old time. (laughs) For sure. I love it. Yeah. I mean, that is exactly what I also realized when I started pursuing my own thing. I was just like, it's my goal 
to replace my income from when I was working full time, but mm-hmm. I'm going to do it in like half the hours. So, you know, yeah, similar. That's my goal. And you can do that because you can control all aspects of that when you are doing your own thing. Totally. So what would you say, I mean, is this, has this all been worth it? Have you had to sacrifice anything else? I mean, other than leaving the, the, you know, niche that you said you love so much? Well, yeah. I mean, when I think about, when I think about the sacrifice, I do think that it is, I think it's unique that I made this change (laughs) in 2020 (laughs) when the the world seemed to explode. I did too. Yeah. I did too. What were we thinking? We had no idea. We didn't even know. Well, I did know. I did it right in the midst. That's true. (laughs) I did it right in the midst. I was just like, you know, yeah, I mean, why not? Let's just do it. Just go for it. (laughs) Just go for it. Yeah. You're like one of those people that like has a baby and moves in their house and gets a new job like (laughs) a month or whatever. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So I, I, from a sacrifice standpoint, I will say, looking back at it, it is a little bit of a risk because I do not, so I don't have, I guess, a stable income. Like as long as I keep getting clients and keep, you know, that keeps coming in, then I'm fine. Um, but I guess the the stability is a little less than, than what it was when I had, a, you know, an hourly job at a, you know, an established corporation, you know, so things like, you know, you know, 401k and, and those sorts of things. I mean, those are, those are sacrifices. Um, And I think those are, I guess I have the luxury of being able to step away from that sort of thing because of maybe Josh's stability. And, and I guess when I consider what I actually truly value, again, that time and that flexibility and that autonomy those are, those are things that I actually value a little bit more than, than some of the other stuff, you know? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I say. Very, very first step is just getting clear on what is your most important value. What is it? Is it that you want to have stability? Is it that you want your 401k to keep growing consistently? You know, I mean, just getting really clear yeah. because that's what you said. Yeah. Like that, once you got clear, that started to outweigh everything else. So, and, and it's about too like being honest about like, what is a true value? Like, what are you willing to make a change for versus what's an ideal, right? So Josh yeah. always talks to me about like values versus ideals. You know, if it's, if it's something that you're just kind of like whimsically, like, oh, that's the sort of person that I want to be. But when push comes to shove, you're like, I would not make changes for that. Well, yes. that's just an ideal. So just call it what it is. And then figure out what you actually truly do value. Like Mm -hmm. what are the things that are important enough that I would make the change for this? And so sacrifice for, yep. Right. And I think it was helpful for me to realize that maybe those values can shift depending on your season of life. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not committed to this change, you know, and I didn't, I didn't burn a bridge at the old place. So if right. I missed it so much and wanted to go back to it, I probably could, but I, I had to, had to be brave enough to believe that, Hey, I can make this change. And the value that I have right now is a, B and C. It might change. And then I can make another change. Okay. Um, yeah. It's and, not set in stone. 
Right. And then going back to, um, in terms of you asked about sacrifice because of like the niche that I created, that specialty clientele that I was seeing at the event. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if this was like affirmation from, you know, whatever listener believes in, right? Whether it's God or the universe or mm-hmm. you know, divine intervention or whatever. It was totally affirming to me because I made the switch and about 50% of my first steps in private clientele is cleft palate. Wow. And so it's, yeah. And so it's, I, I'm still seeing those kids and I'm still involved in that world. And I just did not even see that coming at all that, you know, that I would still be able to kind of work in that area of expertise in a different environment. I just didn't believe it was true. And so I'm grateful that, you know, that my, that my, <laughs> my, what dragging eventual bravery has been rewarded somewhere. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah. I love oh, that. Good. Yay. Yeah. It's worth it to be brave and follow your, and follow your passion. That's the underlying theme here, right? <laughs> yes, totally. Totally. And when you're true to yourself then like, you know, things align for you Yeah. because yeah, like you said, I mean, whatever you believe in, whether it's the energy you're putting out in the world, your mm-hmm. faith, like everything just starts to come together and align for you when you yourself, you know, feel that fulfillment and control. And yeah, it's so cool. It was, yeah, it was a blessing for me because I, I mean, huge. I feel like, yeah, when you are, you are stable and unchanged in one professional space for a very long time. You know, the longer that you're there, the harder it is to get out. Um, And so, yeah, so that was, that was, that was a good moment for me for sure. So. Well, congratulations. And thanks for sharing your story with us. That's so good. Yeah, no worries. (laughs) I want everybody. I mean, not that, everybody listening will be, you know, able to run and hire you as a private uh, consultant, but where can we follow along on your, on your journey? I know you have some, some Instagram out there and I've things got, like that. I've got some socials. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, um, <laughs> I'm not very like prominent in the social media world and sure. Maybe I would be if I felt like I had to market myself more, but right now it's like, you know, the value isn't even like, a booming business. It's like, you know, sure. Flexibility. Yeah. yeah. You don't need but, to be fully yeah. booked. <laughs> <But> exactly. <laughs> I don't need point. to. Yeah. It's I don't need to. I don't need to, but I am also like, I also thrive on helping people and, and being able to like be professionally useful. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for asking. So I, I have an Instagram, Facebook, um, and a, a cute little website. She's not much, but she provides the basics. Nice. Um, and all of it is under um, my business name, which is Kelly D S L P. So I'm actually Kelly D S L P L L C. Which um, oh, so I fancy. Know, I know, so fancy. It actually <laughs> makes me think of. I don't know if you're a an Arrested Development fan at all, if you've ever watched that show with um, Jason Bateman, but they're, um, so. Scott, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Scott Bayo? Bio? Oh gosh. Oh no. Now I'm going to have to Google it. Scott Bio, I think his name is. He's like from, you know, seven, but not the 70s, but like shows in the 80s and stuff. He has a guest bit where he, pay, he plays Bob Loblaw, 
Amy's a lawyer, and so Bob Loblaw has a law blog, so he talks about his law blog, and it's Bob Loblaw's law blog. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect for you as a speech therapist. Yeah. So Kelly D. SLP LLC is, you know, that makes me I love it. Bob Loblaw's law blog. Um, anyway, <laughs> Kelly with an EY, so if you look up, so the website is, is legit, www kellydslp.com. Awesome. <laughs> and I'll put it, I'll link it. I'll link oh, it in good. the show notes. Okay. So yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and yeah, congrats again. And Thanks. it just shows when you're brave and you go for it, things will align for you. Totally. I loved being here. This was full disclosure, my first podcast. Now it's under my belt. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, now I'm just you know, going to, everybody's going to want to put, put you on podcast world by storm. I mean, we I have talked like... about you starting one before. So I know, I know. I was actually thinking about like all the, I'm like, I need to hire you, Angie, because, you know, I know we're talking about speech pathology, but my actual dreams are like, you know, reading book on tape and, you know, Ooh. <laughs> doing, doing voice work. So, yes. Yes. So this is my first, this is my trial run. I don't know how it went, but, oh, and I will say, oh, can I give one more little nugget of advice? Yes. I don't know if I'm running over time, but a big thing for me when I was starting to feel a little bit burned out, but not ready to make a change was Mm -hmm. that I made a very small, like incremental change just to show myself that I could. And that was a really silly and strange change, but I... I got a little tiny job as a uh, trivia host, a local trivia host and a singo host. So yeah, I doing love a little that. bit of music bingo was like kind of a way for me to realize like, oh, you can, you can chase dreams big and small. So I love I'm that. Not, not doing it anymore because of the pandemic, though they are still doing that. I'm not, I'm not hosting those. Okay. But yeah. Anyway, so if any, any of your listeners have any questions about being a local trivia host, I can also provide some information on that. <laughs> That's great. I'm sad I never made it. I never made it to one, but. I, I want to go back to it. I mean, you know, if, if it ever seems to be a good idea to like gather collectively in a pub <laughs> or a bar or a restaurant again and like have fun and, you know, then you'll go back around and then I am back to that that uh, trivia gig so awesome you're amazing love you it's really good to see you it's good to see your face I don't like this pandemic and how it keeps all of us apart I know god bless the zoom I suppose (laughs) absolutely make (laughs) make streams happen yes (laughs) thank you so much for joining me in this episode anything in the show is resonating with you, please share and leave a rating and review so other people can find the show. You can find any links mentioned in the show notes at accountabilityforhire.com in the podcast section. And I would absolutely love to connect with you personally. Reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook at accountabilityforhire and let me know what questions or thoughts you have about creating your life of freedom and flexibility. And please join our Facebook group, Just search the Pretty Sure We Can Do Better podcast. I want us to create a community to share resources and support each other on our journeys. Thanks for being you and wanting more for your life. And I'll see you next week.